Hi, my name is Amy Magstat, and this podcast is all about my journey with endometriosis. I hope in sharing my story, it may help others who may be suffering and to know you are not alone. Welcome to It's All in My Head. Hi, it's Amy. It is October. I am so glad to be sharing a new podcast this month with Deborah. Deborah is also known as D.L. Heather. That's her pen name. She is a poet and an author who honored me today um, by sharing her journey with endometriosis. And we also got to talk about her book, Life Interrupted, A Journey Through Endometriosis, Chronic Pain, and Self-Discovery. This book is so beautiful and raw. It literally felt like I was reading my years of pain and tears and misery. And it also gave me words and how powerful and strong we are in our fight. Um, One of her poems says, so fragile yet so fierce. And it just, it was so um, touching. I cannot recommend this book enough. Not only for us um, suffering with endometriosis, but also our families and our friends um, to share with them so they can honestly know how um, you feel, how it's truly like to live with endometriosis. I was so moved by this book that I decided to do something different. And I will be um, sharing on Instagram, but I'm going to do a raffle to give away two books to um, you or someone you want to nominate to receive a copy of Life Interrupted. I just think it's so important to share it. And I'm glad that I got the opportunity to talk with Deborah today. One thing, um, one poem I really loved in Life Interrupted, says, looking back at her reflection, learning to love her body, she softly whispers, you are so much braver than you know. And I think we all need to remember that we are all brave and a warriors. And I am so grateful to share Deborah's journey. So here's my conversation with Deborah. Deborah, I'm so... <laughs> happy that you reached out and you are talking with me today. Um, not only to hear your story, but reading your book, it was, I I can't even explain how it literally made me feel like someone knew and knew how to like share it. I shared it with my husband because I was like, this is exactly what I was feeling. And it's so hard to say, and you just made it so Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's um, part of the reason why I wrote, I wrote Life Interrupted, because, you know, I know how isolating living with endometriosis is, and I just really wanted to reach out to more people, and um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, oh, sorry, (laughs) it was, it was probably one of the hardest books I've ever written, just because you know, it's just a big emotional toll, just writing everything you're feeling out. And, but in the end, it was worth it. It took me two years when I got there. I, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, I, and I want to go, I'll dive into the book real deep, but I wanted to like, yeah. ask you, one of the questions was, was like, 
um, in your journey with endometriosis, because I know reading it, some of it was like, it bring me right back to those feelings. So writing it, did it, were you in a place where you were kind of in recovery or were you still like in the deep? This is like, this is gut wrenching, <laughs> like your so, pain that you're sharing. Yeah. So, um, when I first started writing Life Interrupted, um, it was right after um, my excision surgery, which was in 2019. And um, that was, I was just feeling all sorts of different emotions because um, it took me 25 years to get that diagnosis. And so as I was recovering, um, more things came up, like I was getting infection after infection. And I was just pretty much just over like the whole, the whole thing, you know? So I was in a pretty dark, dark place when I started writing it. Um, yeah, so it was, it was pretty rough. There was days where I would just start bawling while I was writing stuff. And then I would just put, put everything away and then go back to it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so powerful. And I, and I really hope that everyone who has endometriosis and their loved ones reads it because I think it's so powerful because it is so, it's so dark. Those, those, um, those, some of those days were so dark. I think that's why it got me so much is that I think sometimes we do feel so alone and that knowing there's other people out there that are feeling the same darkness and that they're, you know, hopefully there's hope for them. And like towards the end of the book, how it's just so powerful. It like gives me like chills to think like we're so strong, you know, even though it's so hard, we're so strong. Um, when did you start having symptoms or I know you said you had excision surgery in 2019, but when did like the beginning of your endometriosis journey start? Um, so it really started when I was 12. Mm. Um, I didn't know it at the time, obviously, but um, yeah, just right after, you know, getting my first period, I would spend days just in bed unable to move like heavy, heavy bleeding um, to the point where like I thought it was hemorrhaging. I didn't think, you know, this can't be normal. Um, Yeah. So, you know, like lower back, like terrible pain where I could barely stand up straight, you know, all that horrible cramping and everything. But I grew up um, like my father raised me alone. So I didn't really have someone to talk to about, Mm. you know, what was happening. Well, I didn't feel comfortable talking. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So I just assumed it was normal, you know, and finally, uh, maybe about six months after my dad kind of had a chat with me saying, how come you're not going to school? Because I got to the point where I couldn't even make it oh. like out of bed really. And um, I, I would tell him like, I'm in a lot of pain and um, he would just say, well, you know, that's normal though. Every girl has to go through that. And it wasn't exactly the response I was hoping for, yeah. but it was, but it was an awkward, you know, conversation for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I really didn't see a doctor until, until I was about 14. Mm. And it, it just got to the point where it wasn't just when I was having my period, it would just be like almost all the time the pain 
And so I finally went to the doctor and that's when he put me on birth control pills. Mm -hmm. And um, that just brought in a, like opened up a whole bag of worms and it just gave me so much anxiety and depression and nausea. And um, yeah, it was just, it was a really tough time. And um, I would end up going to see my doctor maybe about once or twice a month telling him like, there's something wrong with me. Um, this, I don't think this is normal. None of my friends seem to be going through what I'm going through. And um, he basically told me that I should see a counselor because, um, because he thought the pain I was explaining to him was just made up. You know, like it was all in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I did, I did go to see a counselor and um, it was pretty pointless, honestly. <laughs> You know, she just, she just wanted to know, like, um, or, well, she actually said to me, you're too young to be having this pain. And um, is it possible that you're making it up to, you know, compensate for something else? And so I, I pretty much just left even, even in worse shape mentally, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're a, te- a young teenager too. It's like, oh Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. So it's been pretty much since I was 12 years old, you know, having all these symptoms. Um, and sadly I didn't get a diagnosis until I was 39. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I know. It's not, and it's, it's too common. That's the problem. I think that's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, you know, like all the trips to the emergency room through the years and, a lot of times I was called like a pill, a pill seeker, you know, um, because I would be there, I'd be there in so much pain and it wasn't just, um, you know, like pelvic pain and stuff. It was going up to like my appendix. And so I was thinking like, is it, is my appendix going to burst or something? And they, um, they would basically just tell me to go home with ibuprofen. And, um, even if I begged, you know, for an ultrasound or anything really, yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. Did you ever, like, I know you said you went to, well, you went to your doctor and I, and I had read in your book, a book, I think in your bio that were you in Canada at that point? Yes. I was in uh, Canada then. Yeah. And, um, honestly, like I've had treatment in New Zealand too, but it wasn't really until I, I had moved here that I was finally referred to a gynecologist mm-hmm. But um, I had seen about 12 doctors in the span of two years before they'd even consider um, referring me. Oh my God. You know, and like um, the last appointment I had with this one particular doctor, um, I was at the point where I was was just in so much pain. And it was just to the point where I was crying talking to her. And she um, said to me, you probably just have a UTI or thrush that keeps coming back. I said, I don't think that's the case for, you know, 25 years. Like yeah. You need to do something. And um, she said, well, they're not going to accept the referral. You just don't tick, tick all the boxes. So I pretty much left that, that appointment just so defeated. Yeah. So, and it was at that point where I just started Googling all my symptoms 
uh, it took me 25 years to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just was at that breaking point, I guess. Yeah. And um, sure enough, like it just led me to endometriosis, which was the first time I've ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. So it's only really been a few years, right. um, you know. And so I went back to a doctor, but I I seen a different one. And she's, I said to her, I think I have endometriosis. Can you send me to a gynecologist? And eventually she did agree to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky because the gynecologist that I eventually seen was a specialist in um, endo. Wow. So that was really fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. And that was in New Zealand? Yes, that was, that was in New Zealand. Well, and that's what I was kind of curious about because, you know, I'm in the U.S. and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know there's people all over the world who have endometriosis and the yeah. different healthcare. I don't even feel like it matters where you're, you live. There's so much hardship in getting to see a specialist. It's that's like, yeah, like it doesn't, I mean, because I always think of like, our country where people, you know, either have Medi-Cal or, you know, they get benefits. So it's even harder to find a specialist because of course they don't accept that you have to pay out of pocket. But even when you have healthcare, it's so hard to, you still have to fight to get to see a specialist. That's the thing. Like I've, I've seen doctors, you know, in three different countries, like Canada, New Zealand, and the US, and it's always the same thing. Like you have to fight. Right. Constantly just to get an appointment even. And it's ridiculous. So, I mean, I think it's like that everywhere and it shouldn't be. Right. It's just, it's, it's, I think it's another commonality that it's like something needs to change that is like huge, you know, like that we're all struggling and that, I don't know. I mean, I just think like 25 years, I thought, you know, my 13 years was long (laughs) that I remember, you know, and when I think back to like my young, I don't, I don't know if I, I'm sure I had symptoms, but it wasn't bad enough until I was in my early twenties, but like, that's so common. And it's like ridiculous that we have to fight for so long to just get treated or listened to that. You're not crazy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you spend all this time like questioning, maybe you are crazy, you know, right. like, you know, and it really messes with you. Like, Very much so. Yeah. And do, do you have, like, I know I went through a, a phase after I got diagnosed where I was so angry. Actually, I went to therapy because I totally believe I have medical trauma, but I was so yeah. angry at the doctors and the people I saw over the years that literally told me I was crazy. Yeah, I, I, I didn't go to counseling, but I felt that exact same way. Like I, I went through a phase where I was really bitter of all my doctors that I had seen over the years. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, was, it was really hard to process all of that. Yeah. It still is. Yeah. You know? It's <laughs> oh, like all, all those years, you know, all those years in pain and just wondering, you know, what's going on. And that's the worst feeling I, I well, I thought was, knowing that there's something wrong with you, but not knowing what it is. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, cause then it does play with your head. Like, am I really crazy? Am I making this up? If they can't find anything, it's just like, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it is 
so traumatic because like even this year having to go to doctors for other things, I go in with this mentality that I'm going to have to fight them to get hurt and being like literally shocked that they listen to me. Like it's, I don't know that that'll ever change. No, that's traumatizing, you know, like, um, I know for me, like if I have a doctor's appointment coming up the night before, I have so much anxiety that I don't sleep and I've already, um, role-played what I'm going to (laughs) say over and over and over again, you know, and I, in my head, I pretty much assume I know what they're going to say too. And it's just crazy. And then you're like, well, why am I even going? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, I probably could have done a better job. (laughs) When you went Um, to your specialist, how did, I know you're probably nervous going in, but how did did they make you feel more comfortable and heard? Yeah, she was, she was really amazing. Like the very first meeting, um, you know, she like asked me basically 25 years of history and all these things. And she said, it sounds like you have endometriosis because nothing showed up on the ultrasound that they had done. And she was just really, um, really understanding, but she, uh, she wanted to put me on um, a hormone replacement. I can't think of the name right now. It starts with a P <laughs> um, to see if that would help things and try to avoid, you know, getting excision surgery. Mm-hmm. And so I did start it, but I, it almost killed me actually. I, I got extremely sick. My heart was racing. I was having my like, chest pains. I couldn't stand up. Um, and so I just stopped taking them immediately. Yeah. And um, so I had to wait like another six months to see her after that. And um, then she agreed to do the surgery to see if it actually was endometriosis. Wow. And um, it turned out to be endo and um, adenomosis. So, yeah. And so I didn't have to wait too long for the, for the excision surgery. It was about uh, maybe three months. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, my biggest fear going in was I'm going to have the surgery and she's not going to find anything because no one's ever found anything, you know, in blood or urine or any of those, those tests and stuff. Um, and so that was my biggest fear, but no, sure enough, I remember, you know, when I was coming out, um, out of the surgery, um, she said, no, you definitely have endometriosis. And I just started bawling because it was, it was so wonderful to hear, you know, that, oh, I actually do have this thing, you know, I finally feel validated. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and they just, it was basically everywhere. It was riddled in my bladder, my ovaries, um, you know, just all the way up to my appendix. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, it, was, it was a successful sur- surgery, but it didn't help me with my pain at all, actually. Yeah. Um, so I ended up having a, a hysterectomy a year after that, or eight months after that, to, um, you know, get rid of the adenomosis. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel um, now as you're like, so that's almost, almost two years out? Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Almost two years. Um, Now I'm feeling, well, the last three months have been like the best I've probably felt in 20 years, Mm -hmm. Um, which is nice finally. Um, 
So like I still yeah you know you know about pelvic pain and stuff but um, I had a lot of nerve damage from the hysterectomy in my hip so um, that's something that I've been working on a lot too mm -hmm. but overall I'm feeling pretty good mentally and physically now but uh, yeah. I mean, it's a journey and I always feel like when I come up on my anniversary month, sometimes I'll, I'll even have like, I feel like it's like phantom pains or something, or like your body's way of like something big happened at this time or something, yeah. you know, it's a yeah. big deal. It is a big it deal. It's, it's a big recovery because when you think about 25 years of damage inside, it doesn't just go away. And I think that that's yeah. hard for people to like, cause you want to have this miracle, miracle cure. But for me, I feel like I get better the farther out I am away from surgery. And sometimes I, I think, oh God, is it going to come back? Like enjoy all this yeah. time while you can't, yeah. you just don't know. But I also am like really trying to be present and like, yeah, right now is the best I've felt in so long. It's hard though. It's hard. It's it mentally, really yeah, mentally really yeah. hard. Um, I know. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. Oh. Uh, no, I was just going to say, um, like for me, like um, the, recently, especially when I wake up every morning, I just kind of take note of my body and it's amazing to wake up and not have all that terrible pain, you know, that <laughs> I previously had. So now, like, I kind of the same as you, like, I'm so grateful that, oh, I can wake up today and I'm okay, you know, yeah. I'm not, you know, on the floor in the fetal position. Right. You know, right. yeah. What, um, or who gives you the most support, like, in your journey or, like, in your recovery? Um, I would say my husband. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, he's been just really amazing. Um before I got my diagnosis, you know, he was always there, always at every appointment, trying to be supportive, you know, because I mean, it hasn't been easy on, on him either. Right. Um, you know, just to see me, see me like in so much pain all the time. And after I had the hysterectomy, um, I was, I, it took me about seven months to recover because I kept getting infections and kidney infections. Um, so like he was just the one person that really took care of me, yeah. you know, and was just there to listen to me, like, you know, scream or you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever I was feeling at the time. Yeah. But, yeah. It's great to have someone to support you. Cause I, I, I know from talking to like my husband too, they feel so helpless and so yeah. like, it's a long, it's a long journey and like, it is a lifelong journey, but it's nice for, I think us and the people that support us to see like some good days, I guess it keeps you going. Absolutely. You know? I know. And especially like, um, when it comes to like being intimate, you know, when you have the endometriosis too, like I know for me, the pain was just unbearable when we would, you know, try to have sex or whatnot. And this is for years and years. Yeah. And it got to the point where, you know, it does affect your relationship. Yeah. And it also just, uh, like for me, I would feel absolutely terrible that I couldn't do the things that I wanted to or right. could have done previously, you know? And so that was, that's also um, draining on the relationship yeah. as well. Yeah. Yes. So it affects 
I like, I love the name of your book, Life Interrupted. It affects your whole life. It's not just physical, it's mentally and it affects your jobs and your relationships and just everything yeah. about your whole life. Everything, you know, yeah. even like friendships I've found right. through the years, you know, like friends that I was friends with for years and then just like they get they get tired of you bailing and canceling plans and they don't understand, you know, or they think you're a, um, a hypochondriac, you know, it's just like, you know, it just affects every aspect of your life. Yeah. Oh, I just, yeah. that just made me think of one of the poems and I literally, I can't tell you. <laughs> it, I, it's like ridiculous. I have underline marks and like pages bent here and there because I seriously was like oh it's just so so me I that's what I literally felt like you were I know you were writing about you but it's like you're literally writing what we all go through like yeah. seriously and oh, thank you I just um I just can't thank you enough for sharing this with with the world because it really I think it's going to help people realize not just that they're not alone but like what how painful it is to be going through this yeah, well, yeah. thanks so much one of the um ones that I well immediately I um start, I started and I like <laughs> I stopped and I had to like tell my husband right away and it's hard Do you mind if I read a couple yeah, so far. Um, where you said the first ache entirely unannounced she lay still looking at the cr sacred crimson steadily trickling down her thigh weeping instantly shaming her body and I literally just was like oh, it just like hit to my core of like what it was like as a kid I think yeah. it's like you even um I that's where I I thought it was like in my 20s and then I think back to when I first started my period and how I was I was nauseous and I felt in pain and like yeah. almost like my body rejected me by by starting a period where you think you're going to be this oh I'm turning into a woman and it's like yeah. it's instantly shaming I just oh my yeah. god these words just like that's exactly how like it felt for me you know just just this shame and um I just couldn't relate to a lot of my friends that were really excited you know about, about <laughs> yeah. having their experience because it was just shameful embarrassing and painful for me yeah you know I just yeah it's just it's oh yeah it just it brings tear to, tears to my eyes because your words were so powerful another one that I just it took my breath away like literally took my breath away was imagine having the flu every single day of your life nausea aches and pain anxiety brain fog fatigue that comes on like a snap of a finger strained relationships canceled plans sliding in and out of depression now imagine living that life, but with symptoms that are continually dismissed because of society's lack of education. Drama queen, attention seeker, she, she's heard it all. Imagine pleading with doctors for years to listen to your cries, to take your suffering seriously, your soul depleted and tired, the burden so heavy. Silence becomes your security blanket. That's what it feels like to suffer like her, the millions of other victims of medical gaslighting. Oh. Deborah, like seriously, that touched me so much. Um, it took my breath away because it was like, that is what I faced every time I went to the doctor. And I went yeah. to doctors, but I also went to homeopaths and th people I thought would be like, 
you know, the woo woo comforting side that we find something and they even would say, you just need to get on with your life. You need to just, I mean, not, not let this control you. And it's like, how, how do you not let it control you when you're like, yeah, yeah. You're just in so much pain and you can't even think straight. All you can think about is the pain that you're in. Right. And it's kind of, it's hard to get out of that headspace. Yeah. It's not like something you can, you can do, you know, at a, you know, switch of a light. It's just, um, it's excruciating. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, where are you now? Like in your journey, where do you feel like you are now? Um, I feel like I'm in a good place for the first time, probably in my life. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, you know, endometriosis and that journey, um, I know that it's always going to be a part of me. I'm always going to have it. Um, you know, I just, um, I appreciate the good days and I just, I try, I try to be positive, but there's a little voice in my head that's like, you know, it's probably going to come back. Um, I don't want it to, but you know, it's just, it's there, you know, when you've been like, when you've carried all this trauma for so many years, you know, it's hard, it's hard not to have those thoughts sometimes. Right. Right. So, but overall I'm doing really well. Good. Yeah. Um, is there any specific advice that you would give to um, our endometriosis community or someone who thinks they might have it? Yeah, I mean, for me, what I've learned is um, I spent a lot of time, you know, when I was younger, maybe up until my early 30s even, where I was too shy to speak out. You know, I didn't I just believed everything um, my doctors told me, you know? So I guess my advice would be just not to be afraid to reach out for help, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you're not alone. Right. Um, and just try to surround yourself with people who support and encourage you and arm yourself with as much knowledge you can. And um, if you're, you know, if you have a doctor who's not listening to what you're trying to say to him or her, you know, try to keep looking until you find someone that believes everything you're saying. A hundred percent. That is so true. Uh, um, I wanted to ask you about, um, so I know life interrupted. I'm going to post, um, your website link to it. And I know that you can get it on, I think Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. So I'm going to post those on the, the notes. And then I was reading, I'm a big reader. <laughs> so <laughs> reading ahead um, a little bit on some of the other books that you have. And I saw that there's one called Petals of Healing coming out soon. Yeah, on December 3rd. And what is, I, I, I'm so curious because when I, it said cultivating a new life after loss. And I wanted to hear a little bit more about this because I definitely have experienced loss in my life. And I thought, oh my God, I need this book in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, basically what it's about is a grieving journey, really. Um, so within the time span of one year, I lost my grandmother, my childhood friend, and my dad. Oh my God. And yeah, so um, those were a really hard couple of years for me. It happened like between 2017 and 18. Oh. And um, 
Yeah, it's it's really just um, it has some of my stories in it, but it's also just about trying to get out of that grief, you know. Um, so there's like poems in there, um, affirmations, a grief journal, journal, yeah. and um, just really, um, it's really kind of part biography, part. Um, you know, cultivating a new life. Like, what does life look like after you've lost someone that you love? Wow. Um, yeah. So, so, and that's coming out on my dad's birthday, actually. On oh, December that's 3rd. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so, so cool. I'm, so I'm just curious. really hoping that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just really hoping, you know, that, you know, um, I can help other people that are going through loss, you know, because. It's just a terrible, terrible, dark place to be in. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm so grateful to, like, I saw that and I thought there's, I, I know from my family, we've suffered loss, a big, big loss and it's hard. And I just, I'm so grateful. I just know how much I was touched by life interrupted. So I'm very excited that there's an other resource to offer myself and others. I think that is amazing. And I really do appreciate you sharing your stories and helping others. I, I think it's such a gift and I am like so honored to get to talk to you about this. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. That means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, do you want, have anything else you want to add? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think we covered quite a bit. Yeah, we did. And I am so, yeah. this is so awesome. I really, I, I can't thank you enough for reaching out. And then also like I, your book is truly amazing. I have a sister that um, just got diagnosed and she is like, mm. loves poetry. And I thought, oh my God, this is, oh. I think it just oh. reaches so many people in different ways. There's so many outlets for endo people, but I haven't, I've only read like a couple books and this is so different because it's, it feels so personal to me. Oh, thank you. Because it's your story. Yeah, yeah. I also have a sister with endometriosis as well. Yeah, but she's had it, well, maybe 20 years. Wow. But she got um, uh, ablation surgery, Mm. and it just made things a lot worse for her. Um, But yeah, so I've always been interested in... um, you know, trying to find more information about if it is like a hereditary. Kind yeah, of, I have heard, I have heard that it is you're, I think it's like you're um, seven times more likely. I want to go back. I, I did the research in the beginning of um, when I started podcasting because it is oh. very familiar and, um, yeah. and I have, uh, there's four sisters in my family and um, only one has been diagnosed, but you know, I had to fight for 13 years and she's much younger than me. And so for her, her symptoms have really only been bad, bad for a couple of years. So instead of struggling for over a decade, she got right. to have a decision and like start her life within a couple of years, which I think is, oh, I think that's the, the hope for, for all of us. That's why we share and share this information so that you're not, you know, I mean, I was 38, you were 39 and it's like, that's when you hear endometriosis. Like we, we can't have that anymore. No, definitely not. Yeah. No. I mean, I personally think it should be like, you know, talk about like in school and stuff, you know, 
you know, just because that's usually when a lot of girls start or, you know, they're confused. They don't know what's going on and they don't really have anyone to talk to. Right. About it. Yeah. Right. So. And then if your mom has it or your sister or your aunt and they've already have horrible periods and pain yeah. other times a month, when you go to them and say, this is so painful, they're going to say, yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> right. It really isn't supposed to be that way. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not a good club, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. 